Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to SOS with Molly and Alyssa. Oh, my God. Hello. Oh, yes. Welcome back. We got a fun one for you. It sounds like you were doing Britney Spears. Oh, baby. Well, that is, that is, yeah, you know, that's like literally yep. my Britney. And then I, and then I, that's Oh, my it. God. And we lost listeners. And uh, we are canceled. Okay. If the if the Nickelback of last week didn't get you going. I don't give a fuck. I stand nope. by that. My house, my rules. Exactly. So, okay. um, yeah, we have a Speaking fun of, one. Yeah, we do. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. This Speaking one, of fun rules. Yeah, we are. Um, we're going to be doing something. We actually did like think about this a while ago. I don't know if like we got. The, I got this idea from our, like our old. Like we were like we had like, a page worth of all these things we wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. And this was one of them. It's a uh, we're doing like the best and the worst of genres of our choosing. So I will be discussing the best and worst of a particular thing could be the best um, romance novels. It could be the best soap operas. It's not it, but we'll tell you. Oh, sneak, and sneak. I, yeah, I didn't even do it. We did it slightly different, but it is like our best and worst or most overrated. I did or like, overrated. You know. Yeah, that works, yeah. too. And we would like we'll tell you why. Um, yeah. Why we think that is so because we are genius and i feel like i'm gonna learn from you because i see things on your list that i'm like okay well will you just start okay we'll go well <laughs> i know you're gonna love this one so my first genre is uh horror movies yes uh, oh, i love horror movies so much i so, uh, love them so we're gonna, well i'll start off with like my worst and mm-hmm. this is the thing i this was so hard to do because like even when and you can agree because you love horror movies too even yeah. when they're bad they're sometimes good yes yes it's very strange because it there's a line and once you cross it once you cross the line of like how bad it is it then cycles back to being good it's weird <laughs> it's like if you go so far bad you're then good again yeah it's uh, like even it's very it's weird cheesy like you know yeah. there were some that i was thinking i was like what about you know i know what you did last summer like the second one i was like no but that's like Brandy's in that one and like, I, right. like there's so many things that I'm like it wasn't like the best but it's still just maybe nostalgic if anything mm-hmm. anywho uh so my number five um I'm gonna go like a five four three two one for like the worst and five mm-hmm. being the least worst of this five I guess um Antichrist have you have you ever heard this movie I didn't see it um I wonder I didn't ask my husband Ryan if he saw this um I started watching this and I could not did you ever watch this Antichrist uh, Yes. William Defoe. It's um, Lars von Trier, who's a very controversial Danish um, uh, director. He's fucking out of his mind. He's also ha- said some anti-Semitic things before. So he's like been pseudo canceled oh. um, and mm-hmm. makes really ridiculous shit. Um, <laughs> people love his movies, but like this one was wild. It's about a couple who are having sex. And while they're having sex, their baby falls out the window because they weren't paying attention. Uh, so she goes fucking crazy and her husband, who's like a psychiatrist, tries to help her because nothing was helping her like comp- she just goes crazy. Oh God. So the movie's basically this descent into madness for her where it's graphic, where she like mutilates herself in ways, mutilates oh God. him. I just I just hate the um I hate the I I, I, I hate seeing women like I mean she turns around on him, which is fun, but I don't want to give too much away. But, like, I just hate seeing women so, um, like, tortured in that way. And I think this is, like, mm-hmm. kind of like a torture porn thing. And Ugh. and that's going to be a theme for my other ones, too. Like, I, I just fucking hate torture porn. I think it's so stupid. Um, especially when it's done to women, it's a thing. 
Um, oh. Did you know that, like, Alfred Hitchcock had said that? Like, the only vice I ever take is to torture women. We don't torture enough women in movies. Oh, God, of course. I'm not even surprised. Anywho, so my number four is Last House on the Left. I've ever seen that. There's a, an original no. and a remake, 70s and I, or 2000s was the remake. Um, both I have issues with. Both were, um, oh, my God, the, the original is a very, Wes Craven, I think, was the original director of the, uh, the original one. Anyway, um, gratuitous rape. I'm not into it. Sorry. Yep. Doesn't need to happen. Um, it's really graphic. There is fun elements. The good guys win at the end, but I'm sorry. The gratuitous rape scenes, like, we don't fucking need it. Yeah. Number three is The Omen. Um, not oh. fun, not scary. Um, and it's weird. It's just like the child is a little scary just because it just makes me not want to have kids, but that's right. the extent of it. It just wasn't good. So it's right somewhere in the middle because it's just boring. Mm -hmm. Number two, The Happening. Molly, have you ever seen The Happening? I was trying to remember. I don't know. I'm literally, I am the worst with films. Everybody, you know this. Everybody who knows me knows this. I will have seen stuff and I like instantly black out and forget them. I so don't know what's wrong with me. This was like 2008, I remember, because I saw it like my senior year after like superlative luncheon or something. It was like the worst M. Night Shyamalan movie ever made. It's about like something's in the air. It's kind of like Bird Box, but like, even worse, even though people didn't even like uh, Bird Box either, but it's basically something's in the air, if I remember correctly, that makes everyone want to kill themselves. Oh God! So it's oh, like I, you know what? I think I did see this. Yeah, it's it's like super heavy and and obviously graphic. This this starts with they're like they're driving around the city and start seeing all these people like yes. Yeah, I have. And seen you know that. who it yeah, stars? This is weird. the this it started is the out like it could go good because I really yeah. I was going to say, it was like, this started out, I mean, sorry, this stars fucking Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel, which is like, those yes. are the worst leads that you could put on a movie where everyone kills themselves and they're just like looking around <laughs> shocked at like the life around I'm them. I'm not a Zoe Deschanel fan. Well, also like that movie started out because I'm a huge fan of psychological thrillers. Right. And it started out uh, like it might go that direction. It was trying to, and then it just like fell flat. And then it just took a fucking nosedive yeah. into a fucking lawnmower. I remember that scene. It was just, Ugh. it's just so heavy. And then you have Mark Wahlberg who, God bless him. He's gorgeous and long live his career, but he can't act. And Zoe Deschanel, who I like her a new girl, but she's just a little, like she's a little mouse. Yeah. Anywho, number one, the, let's say it together, Molly, because this is what we, one, two, three. <laughs> The, the hills, hills have, have eyes. eyes. Oh, Mother fucking worst movie. I knew you would. I mean, obviously, like I agree with you. <laughs> this is hundred like, percent. This was like one of the things that me and Molly were like, we are the same. This was a really <laughs> random thing we discovered about one another that uh, the only movie in a theater that Alyssa and I have ever walked out of was the hills have eyes and obviously we were like in high school we didn't know yeah. each other but we that's the only one we both walked out of i remember and we love i don't mind gore like nope. but i don't mind it it's just the entire storyline and like i wasn't even wasn't even that far into it i was in there with my friend and we were like you know what no, no. like i don't need to see this and it, it was so oh god so bad no gratuitous rape gratuitous everything it's fucking disturbing it's not even it wasn't even scary it was just disturbing it's no just, it wasn't scary it's a bad time. it was just disgusting and yeah disturbing so that's me oh should i go to best? okay i'll go fast yeah okay so my five best and i'll go five four three two one one being the best five mm -hmm. the ring nostalgic uh. as fuck 
I watched mm-hmm. that movie. I remember watching it and then getting the DVD, watching it all the time as a kid. I, I was just so yeah. obsessed. With it. I thought it was so well done. Naomi, Naomi Watts is such a fucking talented actor. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really original. And it might have been a, most of horror movies in America are Japanese remakes, but or mm-hmm. Korean. Um, but the, the Ring, I had to put it on there. Number four, Us. Yes. Lupita Nyong'o. Mwah. Just uh. Uh, that movie is perfection. Perfection. Go watch it. Um, get out. Have oh to my put God. Get Out on oh my here. God. I mean, I loved... it's a cultural reset in horror movies, a hundred percent. Like what Jordan Peele does in that and us is just yep. is just phenomenal. And the ending is just so satisfying. It's perfect. Um, number two, Midsomar. Um, I never saw that. Oh God, I can't wait for you to watch it because I it's, know I need to. So basically it's about, and I won't give away the ending, but it's about a girl who goes on a trip with her fucked fucking asshole boyfriend and his friends to um a mutual friends like family in sweden and they are they're it's like a commune but it's really a cult mm-hmm. and um really fucked up shit happens and it's very mm-hmm. cerebral and you're in it you're you know you're mm-hmm. on her journey so you're everything's really from her perspective and mm-hmm. just shit goes down but what's beautiful about it is it's like all in the daytime because it's for the most part yeah, because the, the sun a- hardly sets mm-hmm. um right. in that part of sweden and what's beautiful is that like as like you know Danny's journey in there like you don't realize you yourself as the audience is also being brainwashed at the same time it's really fucking creative and beautiful so gotta do that number one hereditary 100% agree with you that is the most terrifying (gasps) disturbing movie I have ever seen in my life that is the one one time that I can recall the only time I can recall that I have been brought to actual tears during a movie of, of just fear, just fear tears. tears. I didn't know that that was like a thing. Um, and I literally was watching, I know the the scene in the kitchen when the mom uh, at night in the middle of the night, Forget it. I literally like, I, I, I had tears in my eyes because I was so scared. (laughs) I had to chill. Oh my God. Yeah. This is one of the movies like me and Ryan love horror movies. We watch them all all day Mm -hmm. long, but this is the one where like, we had to like sleep with the lights on for a little bit. Yep. Like, yep. I watched this in in bed at night at my place. I don't know why I did that. I wasn't like in a public place. I had to turn the lights on. I was like I said, I was in tears of fear. I, that was it. <laughs> the most. But disturbing is the best word for it. Dis- yes. Disturbing is the peak word for that movie. It is incredible. It fucks you up. And and shout out. And like the acting is so amazing. Yeah. And shout out to Ari Aster. Ari Aster directed both Hereditary and Midsommar. He's mm. fucking incredible, and I can't wait for his next film. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah, your, your number one's on those. I agree with all <laughs> yeah. of it. Um, okay, so I said the worst 90s songs. So good. And these are not, I didn't order mine, because as far as I'm concerned, they're all the worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have Barbie Girl mm-hmm. by Aqua. Yes. I'm a Barbie girl. Yes. In a Barbie world. It was like, it's fantastic. What? I'm made of plastic. You can brush my hair, undress me anywhere. And then there's Ken that comes in. It's like, it's it's like, uh, just the patriarchy at, at its peak. Yeah, Um, it was weird. Mbop by Hanson. And I will say at the time. I was jamming with it in elementary school. What more? My best friend at the time was obsessed, had their posters all over her room. And even that was one of those songs where. Like I would sing with it when it came on, but in my heart of hearts, the little like nine-year-old me, I, I and I was into some bad songs for sure. But that <laughs> one, I, I was just like, I was kind of faking my enthusiasm for it even at the time. Cause I was like, what is this about? Yeah. Okay. Really, really. What is it? 
um, Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, I don't really have a lot of words for these. I have more words for my other lists, so I'll do go more like in depth country? on those, but no, I do not. Yeah. I, you know what? I do, um, really old school, like, like Johnny Cash I can get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like some, because country music at, to, to me at its best is, is storytelling yeah. and the really old school stuff that like also leaned a lot, a lot, had a lot of crossover with blues, yes. which I love. Yes. Um, and so, but I, I, that said, I never listened to it, but I really appreciate the, the artistry and the storytelling in, in old school country music. Mm-hmm. I, but it is by, it is definitely my least favorite genre. I never listened to it. Yeah. Um, I, I know a bunch of country songs because of, or not, maybe probably not current ones, but like growing up um, in Ellensburg, that's all everybody listened to. And for seven years of living there, I listened to Fuzzy Radio Station <laughs> because the hip hop station was the next town over. And I literally listened to Fuzzy Radio for like seven years. Um, I forgot what clear station sounded like. <laughs> um, okay, so other one, Mambo number five. Now this one, I was like, do I put it on? Don't I, know, I put it on? That's hard. But it's because up. it was like, it was a, a vibe and, and, uh, but yeah, I just really can't get over the like. It started a fuckboy culture. It started a fuckboy culture for sure. And then but I remember being like in elementary school, my aunt came to visit. And I remember she was like, uh, she had her Walkman and she was like in her workout routine. And she was saying that like that was her favorite song to listen to while she was working out. And it was so funny to me. I don't know why I remember that. She She's like, yeah, I wonder if he has like other songs. I don't know. But that's also another thing. A lot of these are artists like Aqua, Hanson. Um, Mambo number five is Lou Bega. It's like something that makes, I think one of the things that makes them culturally accepted as the worst is that they didn't really have any other hits. So mm-hmm. it's like, you don't even have good stuff to Back cover it up. it up with. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Um, also my last one, I put I'm too sexy by right said Fred. <laughs> it's hilarious, but like, did this really need to be out there and chart and chart and make top I'm too sexy for it's hilarious, but like I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. But okay, <laughs> That's a weird but one. um, best '90s songs. Oh my god, <laughs> these aren't in order either, but they can oh, all. They're fuck. all on top. To get, um, oh yeah, oh, I love it. Okay, so "Doop That Thing" by Lauren Hill. Mm. The lyrics in this, I, I mean everything. The beat, the lyrics. It's it's like empowering you to can't women. Help but feel good. Oh, I know. It is beautiful. Her vocals, literally Anything pure artistry on. on yeah, on all the levels. Um, oh, no Ordinary Love by Sade. All of Sade as well. That's literally one of my favorite artists to listen to when I'm at the beach, when I'm driving, when I'm at home cleaning my house. It's Sade all Smooth day. Smooth operator. Oh, my God. Smooth operator. Oh, my God. Um, By Your Side is one of my favorites, but that wasn't technically mm-hmm. in the 90s, so I couldn't put it in. Oh. Um, Desert Rose by Sting. I don't know this song. Oh, my God. Really? No. Wait, I bet sing you, it. You sing might. It, sing it. You might if you... He's like desert rose, la la da 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 da. Oh yeah, wait, that does sound yeah. Wow, interesting. I don't know all the words, but yeah, it's uh, my parents. Credit to them because they listened to everything growing up, everything yeah. from like Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin to like Sting and Simon and Garfunkel and Bob Marley and it, literally everything. Wow. Sade, um. And that song, we listened to a lot of Sting and the Police, and he ha- he's in- incredible. Yeah. He, his writing, his lyrics are amazing. His melodies, uh, yeah, um, almost doesn't count by Brandy. That is Why don't I the know melody that song? and the words are heartbreaking. I I'm, I just think 
I, I mean, everyone knows her. her vocals can't be compared to anyone either, but it's just the mm-hmm. whole of it. It's like all of these on this list to me are, they're multifaceted. Their, their greatness is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. It's like the lyrics, the vocals, the music, mm-hmm. the, like everything about it. Um, also, uh, Keep Your Head Up by Tupac. I am, I mean, everyone knows he's a poet. Mm-hmm. He truly had a message. He had things to say. He lifted people up. He... his song shit out yeah he called everything he was real but he like spoke he was saying something like a rap for a long time and that's its origins it's spoken word and it's like you are getting a message across and then it's somehow convoluted into this like mumble rap panda shit that like you like i don't know i mean i think it's coming back around on some level but yeah tupac yeah keep your head up is like a, a 90s anthem for real because it's just so good when you when you think about it in context for what was going on in the world at that time obviously his life but it's beautiful Ugh. so those are my yeah those are good yeah. okay so i did uh 9x's reality shows and i've literally watched okay. all of them so yeah and i watched none of them so this is <laughs> except i have seen the bachelor before obviously but yes. not for years yes. um but i don't watch any of these so this is where i learn okay from you. <laughs> um i'll go through them fast um so five, four, three, two, one again. Uh, five for this is worst. I'm starting off with keeping up with the Kardashians. I know so many people mm. love this show. I'm sorry. I have seen that. It is just you. Lo- I watch it when I'm like high and I need to lose brain cells because a lot of things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's when you have to watch yeah. it. When you really like you're like hanging on to your last brain cell mm-hmm. because it's it's just so it's there's really nothing going on there's nothing going on um for the bachelor um a lot of people love this i totally get it but you have to understand this fucking show is so problematic it exploits women it exploits black people (laughs) any person of color and they don't give a fuck doing it and they Mm -hmm. and this year was fucking no exception and i'm having uh it's yeah it's a love hate um three toddlers and tiaras no one wants to see people exploit children. I'm sorry. Like, no. fuck you. Um, mm-hmm. Stop exploiting children. Um, number two, the swan. Do you remember the swan? This is when we were young. No, what is that? The swan was a show where women who were ugly ducklings, who didn't, who had a lot of issues, um, issues physically, right. um, would go and I, I, they would get all these plastic surgeries done from all these plastic surgeons and the best oh, no. looking one won. Like, Ew, got, got oh my God, the, or that got is their the surgeries m- like taken care of, like fine. I think like either they, they, they took care of their surgeries. It's like crazy. Oh God, I w- want to throw up. Yeah, it's like the best, it's like the worst. Uh, it's like we f- fuck women. This should have been the And then we wonder title. why we ended up with Trump as president. <laughs> no, <laughs> Our society has set us up for this. <laughs> fuck it. And uh, speaking of fuck women, the pickup artist. The pickup artist. Ew, that title. Um, I had like watched recently. I was told about it. And so I didn't watch it when it was on during the time, which is the 2000s. And it's about this fucking dude named, I think he was called like Mystery. He has an actual name, but he went by Mystery. And he was this like mm-hmm. pickup artist. You know, like a hitch, but like yeah, worse, yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was just a fucking sexist pig who would tell women, uh, men to neg. Do you know what like negging? What that means? So it's met. It's like his thing was teaching men how to neg, which was to ignore women, uh, insult them incessantly, and then they'll the women will come back to you. Oh, um, that's God. negging. He coined the term, and it's a fucking thing that men he still coined do that. This, yeah. 
Um, so it's supposed to be for neglecting. Uh, yeah, sure, neglecting. I th- yeah, but it's also like insulting is part of it. Like, it, but I mean, is that where the word? I think so. Yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, Great. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Shit, I know. Okay, so this is my best. This is wild. I get it. I know. Number five, <laughs> Jersey Shore. I don't care. <laughs> I know I talked about Kardashians. You're on your last brain cell, but this is when you're on your last brain cell, but you're still getting so much content. Like mm-hmm. the drama is rich. I'm from Jersey, so maybe that's like just so funny to see characters of people oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. But it's just so, but it's also just like there's so much that happens and it's, you'll never be um, bored. There's so much fun shit and stupid and it's fun. Mm. Number four, The Bachelor. I know I had that on the worst and it's on the best because it's still so fucking <laughs> right. fun. It's still it's, fun. It's a classic and and it's awful at it's, the same time. It, like I said, it's a love-hate. You've gotten, you, you'll get like such good moments from that show that are just like, like you can't believe it's happening on uh, mm-hmm. in front of your eyes. Like the producers work overtime. Um, number yeah. three, Mob Wives. I don't know if a lot of people know Mob Wives, but have you ever seen it? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Um, Mob Wives is fucking amazing. Um, it is so underrated. It's about these women who are connected to um, uh, like the mafia in some way, that their husbands or their fathers or mm-hmm. themselves. And it is so fucking good. Like these women fight. Like, like they are bad ass bitches. Oh, um, shout out to Big Ange. Uh, rest in peace. Um, number two, oh Vander- <laughs> number two, Vanderpump Rules. Uh, the best show on, uh, well, no, it's not the best show on Bravo because we'll go to number one, but one of the best shows ever. I, I, I am so mad. It took me so long to watch this. It's just a bunch of people in LA and like West Hollywood with servers and bartenders. But don't you in West feel Hollywood. like you've lived it? No. Um, yes and no. It's like, I can relate to them, but they're also so ridiculous. And this is something that like, there's gold every scene. Like these people are just shooting out gold, like the isms, the the, the one liners. It's gold, gold, gold. All of the characters they got into a lot of heat recently, but um, we'll see where they end up in the next season. Number one, Real Housewives. You're going to get what you oh, want God. if you're looking for reality shows. You're going to get everything you want from Real Housewives. You're going to get strong women. You're going to get drama that makes no sense. You're going to drama that makes sense. You're going to get. Um, reunions that are out of control. Like the reunions are like even more dramatic than the seasons because then like chairs are thrown, mm. tables are thrown. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, oh God. Uh, yeah, just so much shit happens. Real Housewives is gold and you have so many city- cities and I love it. <laughs> I literally have no idea what any of these are. It's okay. <laughs> but I, well, I mean, I've heard obviously of a lot of them, but I haven't seen so good. Um, except for the bachelor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's issues. <laughs> um, I'm going to do my one. So best rap lyricists. Oh, um, so this is a, obviously with rap, there's a lot at play that, so it's not like greatest rappers of all time that has so many, although I would argue these, these guys are in there anyway, but, um, you know, cause it's about so many things like your wordplay your flow like your cadence your lyric but I'm talking lyricists like the message that they have um so the first one I'm gonna do is uh Rakim and he was like he pioneered kind of like multi-syllabic rhymes and also writing intentionally like intricate intricately crafted lyrics with clear wordplay and metaphors versus just like more improvisational style that was popular at the time, like freestyle and with more 
simplistic rhyme patterns. Mm -hmm. He really like upped the ante for MC technique with like the wordplay and the intentionality of it and the intricacy of it and rhyming multiple syllables versus just like the last word of a line. Yeah. That makes sense. Like um, he really set the bar and um, he created the shift from like simpler old school flows to more complex flows and and wow. like highlighted the craft of it. Like you're literally a, a writer. Um, you're a poet. You are. It, it's it's so technical when you're good, you know. And so and that doesn't not, not to knock freestyle, but he really like leveled up and was like, look, you can like really master this craft as a craft. And it doesn't have to just be like fly by the seat of your pants every time. And he is like industry wide acknowledged as the best um, for nice. that. And from there, I go to Royce to five nine, which nobody really he's don't people don't know him. Yeah. I mean, people in music do. But <clears throat> he um, I didn't know. I didn't even know much about him until this past year I was introduced to him and he's a Detroit rapper. He came up with Eminem. He's like best friends oh, wow. with Eminem. Um, he, he was in a rap duo or is with Eminem. He was in um, prime with DJ premier. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's like deep in the industry, but he still, people don't know his name mainstream. Um, he is in his storytelling. It's his, well, obviously these are all lyricists, but um his song, so his al his album, Book of Ryan, if you're going to go check him out, I would check that album out. Um, there's a song on there called Caterpillar, which features Eminem, and the two of them, it goes off. It is a, like, pump you up, like, amp you up type of song. It is unreal. Their flows are incredible. They match each other. It's not a song where you feel like the feature took over or the main yeah, artist, yeah. you know. Um, also, one of his songs, Cocaine, where he talks about his dad's struggle with cocaine growing up and how he went his dad went to rehab and decided to get help because he wanted to be there for his kids. And, but it's, it's like a beautiful story and it's really sad. And the, the it, it kind of brings me to tears at certain points in it. Um, and his lines, like I have a couple of them here. So one is I'm skipping class to be fascinating. My pen is like big Ben. This shit's just a classic waiting. <laughs> I love that. It's like, so I, and another one of his, um, I stuck to my promise to mama. Stay focused. Double entendre. I'm trying to vocally smoke you. You will be missed. The hocus, the pocus, magician. <clears throat> sorry. Mm -hmm. The hocus, the pocus, magician doing tricks in his miserable business who spit loyalty, forgiveness through biblical scripts. Wow. It's like every you listen to him and it, it flies by so fast and you hear like a little piece of it. And then it, two seconds later, it sinks in. And by that point, he's already spit like. 20 more lines that you need to go back and listen to it's <laughs> yeah. deep um so eminem is on here he obviously oh, yeah. so for his punchlines, his wordplay his metaphors his speed his flow he's always obviously criticized for his anger and aggression and, and he's said obviously awful things about women and, and he's but I, what i have to say and it's not to back up his like women hate woman hating but yeah what i do think is that if there ever was a beautiful transmutation of somebody's anger and darkness into art, it's him. Because if he didn't have music and get this stuff out, not that everybody wants to hear it, um, but like, where would that anger have gone? If, especially if it's directed at women, you know what I mean? And, and he, but yeah. didn't just shout at, about women. Like he really talking about like the, 
the skill, the technique of rapping with his rhyming and his extreme level of technical skill and his creativity and his his comedy. Like it's dark, but it's like he's hilarious and he just gets people in lines. He'll just come for it. He is not afraid to burn bridges with people. Um I there's a line that he he said in Forever, which was uh, featuring Kanye and Lil Wayne and Eminem, the Drake song. Mm-hmm. But um, the he's it's, it's like you're dealing with a few true villains who stand inside of a booth, truth spilling and spit true feelings until our tooth villains come flying up out of our mouths. Now rewind it. It's like you literally are gonna rhyme true villains, booth, truth spilling, true feelings, and tooth fillings. Like who? I mean, he flips everything. And then obviously we all know this one, but I want to say it because it's the, this is a, it's a descriptor. It's like a storytelling. This is just beautiful storytelling. You're right there. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. It's like poetry when you read this shit that was like our anthem our generation yeah that was also (laughs) our generation like if there was one song one rap song that all of our generation learned every lyric to it was lose yourself eight mile yeah taught me so much about life i'm not that's not an exaggeration i know (laughs) i know um i uh, Andre 3000 is one of my all-time oh favorites. Uh, so his, yeah. honestly, to me, he's arguably, like, he might be my top. I haven't really sat down and tried to order shit, but um, his storytelling prowess is what really stands out. But And his, like, he has such interesting structures to his lyricism. It's so conversational. It's yeah. like he almost, he just, like, dips in and out of the beat, but he's in it the whole time. And I have a couple things of his that his is really like when you read it it's literally like reading literature it is beautiful i love him. um so i met a gypsy and she hit me to some life game to stimulate then activate the left and right brain Oof. said baby boy you're only funky you're only funky as your last cut you focus on the past your ass will be a has what that's one to live by or either that's one to die to it's oh my like God. and another one I put, about I wanted Badu? to do probably. Yeah, I, exactly. That's what I thought. Um, I bet you never heard of a player with no game told the truth to get what I want, but shot it with no shame. Take this music dead serious while others entertain. I see they making paper, so I guess I can't complain. Or can I? I feel they disrespect in the whole thing. Them hooks like selling dope to black folks. And I choke when the food they serve ain't tasting right. My stomach can't digest it even when I bless it. Like, oh, my God. And this, like, flies Damn. by. That's a blip in chill, a song. Chill, Andre. It, oh, my God. I can't. He is truly one of the greatest ever. Damn. You um, didn't have and to go then, that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Nas. So I yeah. put him on there. He's, like, even, like, dubbed himself, like, the most underground, the most mainstream underground or something. Because he ha- doesn't have that many awards. And he's, like, universally accepted as like the greatest. Um, so he, when he came up, he was compared to Rakim, who's my first one mm. that I mentioned um, because of his like technical skill. And, and so um, Illmatic is probably his, in my opinion, his best lyrically it's 10 tracks and it's 10 like illustrative narratives of street life through his eyes. He is a co- absolutely a true poet. His content is uh, it's like filled with enriching quotes and thoughts. It's like the content of it runs so deep. Um, and so it's not just his writing that makes him great, but like the topics and the mm-hmm. concepts of his songs. Um, and I have a couple from him or I have one from him. This is from memory lane. 
Um, he says, my intellect prevails from a hanging cross with nails. I reinforce the frail with lyrics that's real. Word to Christ, a disciple of streets, trifle on beats. I decipher prophecies through a mic and say peace. Wow. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, I just, Man. I don't know, people don't listen to rap who are listening, like literally isolate the lyrics and look at this. It is poetry at its finest. It truly is. Do you like Kendrick? Yes. I, I thought about him and I was like going more like, Cla- old school, more classic, like old school yeah. but yes he is up there for me absolutely i love him and he's like, to he's me like, he's one of that like started to bring the curve back exactly. around yeah he's um, amazing and then i'll go back through this next one quick because yeah. they don't they don't matter uh worst rap <laughs> lyricists <laughs> and they matter. aren't even they aren't lyricists because they are on my worst <laughs> list and i i'm gonna say diddy because yeah puff oh, he God. spent a career bragging about how he didn't have to write rhymes how he wrote checks and he flaunted the fact that he could pay ghostwriters for hits and this is purely about this list for me is about lyricism and he's yeah. not it he's not it at all um young thing you. that's like my only yeah like he i know like obviously he has hits but like lyricism no no young thug uh last time i checked you were supposed to be able to understand what rappers are saying and that's the whole art of it all it's spoken (laughs) words words where are the words yes um soldier boy and don't get me wrong a freshman year of college i'm in my room learning the dance to his stuff but like Terrible lyrics, terrible flow, terrible production. It's just, it's terrible. But it's sh- terrible. But shout out to Soldier Boy. He's on Twitch and he games on Twitch and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> shout out to his Twitch account because that's, hilarious. that's his fucking calling. He's hilarious. No, okay. All right, well, he should stay there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Iggy Azalea. I don't have to say much. Just Google Iggy Azalea Raptor Badger. or Raptor Google. Badger. <laughs> Or, or Google Iggy Azalea freestyle on Sway in the morning. It is it is cringe. I, I can't even. I'm fucking oh my God. right now. She's like, raptor, badger, badger. She literally makes shit up. Her, her free. Holes on her, courts. Her freestyle on Sway in the this. Her freestyle on Sway in the morning is the most cringeworthy thing. And then right after it, some some caller some caller calls in and he just goes. I know. What the fuck was that? <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I'm going to say Lil John. don't come at me. It's yeah. dope beats. It has some ho- songs that hit. It will get you going. But he is not a lyricist. Okay. He is by no means a skilled <laughs> rapper. He, He's a hype man. By, by any means of the craft. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So those are my, that's my, that's my thing. That's good. Um, <laughs> those are really good, Molly. Um, <laughs> all and mine with um, tropes. Like I'm talking mm. book tropes, movie tropes, TV tropes. And a lot of these have to do with like romance, you know, but not really, not all of them yeah. because like, that's like my favorite genre, but uh, <laughs> yes. my worst fuck where, where is the worst tropes? Here we go. So number five, fake relationships. We're talking like how to lose a guy in 10 days um, to all the boys oh. I've loved before, like just the fake relationships. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's always going to fall on their yeah. face and it's just predictable it's predictable. predictable in a bad way i don't mind predictable yeah. as long as long as it's like you're giving me some spice um usually they don't have that much spice um right. the four i hate everyone but you trope um so that <laughs> trope it's just it's kind of fucking sucks and it's usually like the man to the woman where the man is just hates the world but only loves her um, yeah, he's just a fucking asshole most of the time. And I'm just like, eh, like, move on. Like she, mm-hmm. she can do better most of the time. The love triangle. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. 
I just p- pick them. It's not an interesting. Everyone's team this, team Edward, team Jacob. It's so stupid. Everyone knows that mm-hmm. she should be with Edward. <laughs> Number two, token diversity. Um, oh. Sorry. Huh. Sorry. No. Yep. Like, it's not going to happen. It's it's like, it's so blatant when you're like, uh, oh, you're, you have a sassy black friend this movie? That's crazy. Right. Sassy Latina friend? Wild. I've never heard of that. Oh, you're, you have a <laughs> really smart Asian friend? Wow. I didn't see that That's coming. Crazy. Like, get, and they think they're woke. And it's like, they think they're progressive because they even have those characters in the first place. Yeah. No. Number one, the cool girl trope. Get absolutely oh, fucked yeah. you know trope i'm talking about where it's like the she's cool, just cool girlfriend who like doesn't yeah <laughs> she's just one of the guys and she's just cool with it like anything that happens like she's just at home she's getting the dinner ready while you're out fighting crime and she's like oh you're back it's no sorry right right i fucking hate that shit that's why gone girl is one of the best movies ever created because it just mm, yes. turned that shit yeah. around on its head so these yeah, are my best so number okay. five the shared bed trope do you know this this trope no, it's when the the couple that's not together yet, but they're on a mission together and they share and they have to like, you know, it's kind of like the closed space. Oh, like in a in a hotel room or yeah, something and they, and have, they to have to share a bed. Share a bed. It's like, oh, yeah. there's one bed. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I love that shit. I love that shit. <laughs> I love it. Number four, space as the sea. So this is less romantic. This is just a, a, a general trope. Space as the sea is basically like, sci-fi shows where where the um characters are in their ships as if it kind of like it's pirates you know but it's like Mm -hmm, all in mm -hmm. space so it's like the drama you get on like a sea it's hard to explain but it's a thing like oh oh like a pirate ship versus a spaceship yeah exactly it's like all the drama that would be out on sea but it's in space instead and it's fun and like the ship rocks and it's like all the you know it's just yeah yeah it's a trope and i and i love that shit um three found family you know it's like guardians Mm -hmm, of the galaxy if you've seen that or like oh groot i just i'm watching all the marvel movies in order for the first time so i just saw guardians for the first time a couple days ago so it's like stuff like that where it's ragtag people from all different parts of the world Mm -hmm. coming together at the end i cry i love it yeah number two soulmates i don't give a fuck i love it when it's written in the stars when it's serendipitous when they're meant to be together I love it. That gets me horny. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, what gets me the horniest <laughs> is enemies to lovers. Aww. I love it. I love when there's a good like tete-a-tete, a good mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. like they're butting heads a lot and, and they're they're You can tell they're worthy of, of one another. And when it's mm-hmm. earned, it's so satisfying when they get together mm-hmm. at the end. I love That's it. That's cute. So those are my tropes. I love that. Um, I'll go through my last one quick. Yeah. I have, uh, where's my thing? Okay. So most overrated classic novels. Um, <laughs> I will say Steinbeck's one of my favorite authors, but of mice and men. Wait a minute. Over I'm looking it. at this list. We're going to have issues. <laughs> I know we are. I knew you're going to hate this. Um, First of all, of mice that's, and okay, men. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's sad and heart wrenching, but I just think it's like, it was it didn't reach its full potential and yeah i would I mean, say i liked it but okay it. so yeah i liked it but then especially compared to steinbeck's other work like eh, yeah no yeah um i'm i'm calling up something okay yeah you're gonna hate this uh but sense and sensibility by jane austen i think that Molly, it is literally what, who hurt you are, what <sighs> who hurt all women jane austen no! I'm going to hang up. You're, we're going to be 
for this. We're going to lose our patrons. No, Molly. Shh. No. No, actually, I think we're going to gain no, some. No, we're not. We're going to fight. Listen. I will say I've read these like I read Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice is also on here for me. But my my issue, like I know it's widely debated and there are good points on both sides of like how she empowers women or how she just like tore them down in society. And I think sorry, because it just like here. Um, Well, okay, so (laughs) for Sense and Sensibility, it's just like. It's just saying the ultimate message is like young women have to submit to powerful conventions of society and find a male protector. And all of her books are like, because that's what women were doing. Exactly. And, And it paints it as though like these women are living these like full lives and that's all they care about when there's so much and and she does dive into their characters and their inner worlds but she doesn't have the she sense and sensibility is like you need to choose whether you're going to be this or this and basically says that women need to be they're either one or the other they either are led by this or this I don't like it. No, um, but that's what women kind of, were in the time. Like that, she wrote that during the time where that's all women had to marry. That's what. That's well, I know. I know no it's choice. accurate. So like, I know it's accurate. But that's the thing <sighs> is, she just dwells on it, it. Just enforces that. Like it enforces the importance of society's standards at the time, which is what art does in a world. It's not like like what we all do is reflect the world we live in. But I think. And this is overrated. This doesn't mean they're like terrible. It was relevant at the time, obviously. But I think it's not one that needs to be so deeply studied now. I think that she I know she does recognize like in her writing, she recognizes the limitations of the social institutions. But um, and she demonstrates like. She demonstrates in in Sense and Sensibility, like the necessity of controlling the dangerous excess of female emotions, like just always emphasizes how women need to like. I don't know. That's weird. And control. You're talking about Marianne or Eleanor, because Eleanor was so independent. She just wanted she didn't want to get married. That was her whole thing. She she didn't want to. She fell in love with with. uh, fucking, I forget his name. Um, ugh, I forget his name, uh, but knew that she, that it, like she was above that, and 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 that she that she got him at the end, but not because it was like to spite that. I guess to me, it's like even though she's reflecting society at the time, which is an important thing. That's artists' duty. So I just feel like the way it's it also contributed to how long that has lasted in society where our society is still alarmingly structured that it's very different, but it's still like the way that women are received in society is still a shadow of that. And because she made such a cultural impact, it's not even like her fault. Like she wrote what was happening in the reality of the time. And, but then it's like blown up so big that it just like kind of reinforced itself. If that makes sense, like those expectations of society and on women. And these are what things women care about. And like all the way to like Bridgerton. Now it's like the more that stuff is put, even though it's accurate to history, like this is what historically it was, the more we focus on it and like romanticize it, there's a line somewhere and that's on us and society now, not her as in her writing. So I understand both sides. I'm not saying she's the worst writer, but I will say um, Mark Twain once claimed. 
that every time I read Pride and Prejudice, Mark and I know, Mark, I know, listen to me, no, this no, is just no. hilarious. Oh my God. This is okay, Alyssa. I'm telling you my list, and Mark I am serious. Twain. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, leave me alone. Every time I, I read you. Pride and Prejudice, I want to dig Jane Austen up and oh beat her my. over the head with her own shin bone. That is sexist, <laughs> but that isn't obviously. I'm that, Alyssa. Alyssa, relax. That was like a joke. That's like a funny quote. I'm not backing up Mark Twain. I'm just saying, like Jane Austen to me, all of her books. It's it's redundant. I know it's an important it's a historical thing. I know you disagree with me, but this is my list. And now Wuthering Heights by Emily Brontë. I read it so too. funny. I liked it at the time, but it, it's <laughs> I was considered just one of the, this one. One of the most classic romance novels of all time. Yeah, this and, one's or classic romances of all time. And I liked it when I read it, but then when I'm looking back on like so overrated toxic. classic novels, what? So toxic. Yeah, it's just like all the characters are despicable. They just like they're cruel to one another. The plot is really awkwardly structured. It's like I don't uh and it's just boring and depressing. And so I don't know. That's my thought on that. And then I did oh I agree also with you the, on that. the yeah. Oh yeah. The Da Vinci Code. So this um the storyline, like the story idea is clever. This. But Dan, you never read it? No, I was the, too afraid of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, the story idea is clever, but Dan Brown's writing style is just ruins it all. Like he, mm -hmm. he has bland characterizations. It was it's awful dialogue. It's really poorly researched, um, and it's just boring. And I know, and the movie, you know how I feel about Nicolas Cage, <laughs> but like Wait, the Nicolas movie Cage? <laughs> is still better than the book because the book. It's kind of disappointing <laughs> to me because the idea of it, like I said, could be really cool, and I like like codes and conspiracy and mystery stuff. But like the writing of it all is just like, oh God, Dan Brown. Like someone else should have taken this idea in my mind. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, those are the oh, and then um. Favorite book recommendations, East of Eden by Steinbeck is one of my all-time favorites. It is not so much about the plot. It follows generations. Yes. It's a long-ass thing, but it's a study on human character and good versus evil and whether we all have the cap uh, capacity for both. Mm -hmm. um, Between the World and Me, Ta-Nehisi Coates, that mm -hmm. is a book that he wrote intention for his son growing up black in America. Everybody needs to read it. Obviously, every white person needs to read it. Um, Angela Davis, an autobiography incredible she's mm. an amazing writer her life like that was a i ate that up like a like a fiction like a novel yeah. and it's her life it was uh, unreal um limitless mind by russell targ so this one i have it right here i recommended this to my dad and he read it so it's he says russell targ spent a lifetime working in the science of consciousness and human possibilities um he describes like remote viewing which is a concept of being able to channel the energy of something from far away and see it in your mind's eye. And he's a scientist. So he's like not going all woo woo with it, but the concept is woo woo and he backs it up with science. Yeah. And it's really, really fascinating. Um, so it says for decades, the work of Russell Targ and other scientists has demonstrated that our minds have extraordinary abilities. We are only beginning to understand. Um, like pre uh, precognition, intuitive medical diagnosis, distant healing, um, all of these things he dives into and like the science, it's crazy. It's fascinating. Um, also my last one, women who run with the wolves. We did like Ugh. a whole episode last year on this book. So you guys can dive in, but so myths good. And stories of this. It's, it's super long. I, and it's like, to me, it's like daily medicine. Just yes. like read a little bit at a time. Um, 
yeah, myths and stories of the wild woman archetype. And it is beautiful. Required, all women. I think all reading. women required reading for sure. So, yeah, those are mine. Do you not like period romance? Is that maybe what it is? Yeah, I'm not a big fan. See, that makes sense. That's all. That, that, that makes sense. Right. That's what I was saying. <laughs> and those are a lot of my reasons why. <laughs> I know you love it. I think we're not going to end I our think, friendship over this. No, no, absolutely not. But I think <laughs> I think I can turn you around on sense and sensibility more than Pride and Prejudice, probably. Okay. Even though Pride and Prejudice, Elizabeth is like, she's a fucking feminist icon. Yeah, but, but there's but like better ones is all I'm saying. It's overrated. I'm not saying she's the worst. Or she's not a feminist icon. It's just there are better ones. And I think it, it's given too much light. I think I could turn you on in sense. Maybe. You can try. I'm open or to my Emma. You know what? Chance. Maybe Emma. But those are but that, that wasn't on your list. So maybe not. But maybe Emma. But we'll see. Do you like Clueless? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I didn't really. I don't know. I didn't really watch it. Maybe I did. <gasps> my soul i know that's okay um uh, we, i still love molly guys don't worry we're coming back next week <laughs> don't worry guys we're not ending our business partnership or our friendship um oh guys we have a patreon oh yeah yes on the drum now roll. you can subscribe and help support us financially for even if it's just three dollars a month seven dollars a month or eleven dollars a month then with each level you gain different benefits and those include and the tiers are all listed on patreon you can see what's included but some of the things are like extended guest interviews um bonus content mm-hmm. um once we release our merch there will be special discounts and codes for our patreon members um yeah it's just a lot of and it really really helps us we Alyssa and i are obviously trying to grow this and monetize this and be able to like <laughs> have this be part of our solid income like an income stream for us and if you guys love what we're doing and support us it's just a little bit it's like your daily coffee a month or like we said just switch to your ex's netflix <laughs> account and subscribe to us for 11 dollars a month and it's all the same come on you know you want to yeah okay yeah. you won't notice or, or you she. know the middle tier <laughs> what did we figure out uh seven dollars a month comes to 23 cents a day just sponsor us Easy. Um, yeah. And so shout out to our first two patrons, Steve Ginn and Nyjah Brooks. We yes. love you. We love you guys. Um, I, seriously. Mm-hmm. It like really, Alyssa and I text each other <laughs> and get so excited with the support for specifically you two. Like yeah. we, we nerd out. We're excited. Um, we love you guys. Uh, shout out to black lives matter. Shout out to stop Um, donate yep. to both, uh, um, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the SOS Pod. Subscribe to us on YouTube, SOS with Molly and Alyssa. Uh, Google, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, rate, review us. It helps us reach more people. Please yes. review. We love you. Subscribe. <laughs> yes. And I'm Molly Cottrell. I'm Alyssa Rosano. And here's the turning meltdowns to magic. Magic. Ooh, ooh, ooh.